And I'm Nikisha, and this is Talking Horror with Jamie. And Nikisha. Where we share our love for spooky things and talk horror through the lens of human behavior. Well, welcome, everyone. And happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Mm. Pass the cranberry sauce. We're having mashed potatoes. Ooh, the turkey looks great. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for being there. Wait, That's what from is Bob's that? Burgers. I was like, Thank oh, you, Jamie. I was yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. in Brian's face, and I was like, Oh, I know what this is. Oh, yeah, I am yeah. familiar with this song. Thank <laughs> you. It is the famous, famous uh, Bob's Burgers song from their first ever Thanksgiving episode that they did in the TV series, and it's Linda making up her own little Thanksgiving little ditty. So little there's that ditty. for those Bob Burgers fans. <laughs> <laughs> But yes, happy Thanksgiving. Uh, Even though it is Thanksgiving, we are still going through all of the horror, all of the slashers, all of the everything gore, because this is a year-round horror podcast. But today is very special because Thanksgiving and horror are related. Today, we're talking about the 2023 slasher film, Thanksgiving. So nice to all be together again on Thanksgiving. And joining us... Our guest of honor, Thomas Wright, who missed last year's fun sitting in his mansion. Mm. Now, we're all going to go around the table and say what we're thankful for. You're on live, so choose your words wisely. Evan. Served on a platter for you. There you, you. go. Eat up. <laughs> yum, yum, yum. <laughs> eat it, eat it, eat it. Woohoo. Mm. <laughs> so this film is directed by Eli Roth, who, if you don't know, he directed Cabin Fever and Hostel. And it is from a screenplay by Jeff Rindell and a story by Roth and Rindell. And it is based off of Eli Roth's mock trailer of the same name that came out in 2007 on uh, from Grindhouse. So this film stars a one Patrick Dimsey and Mr. McDreamy, uh, Addison Ray, Milo Manham, Jalen Thomas Brooks, Nell Verlack, Rick Hoffman, and Gina Gershon. And fun fact, Eli Roth is most known for what is called splatter films, which is a subgenre of horror that focuses on the portrayal of gore and violence. Did y'all know about splatter films? I did not. No, I just thought... I guess I thought it was just like gore porn, but now Which is it, what, they, I guess that's they, true. They gave it a legitimized <laughs> subgenre. Since when? That just that, sounds like a fancy name for gore porn. That's yeah. like the elevated horror. That's the name elevated. For gore yeah, that's porn. exactly oh, okay. what that is. <laughs> <laughs> that's so. I'm gonna call. I'm gonna continue to call it gore porn. Fabulous. Well, yeah. I mean, it has its own wiki page, so I was like, oh, it must be factual. It sure. must be true. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Great. So heavy spoilers for the 2023 movie Thanksgiving. And Jamie, there's a lot of trigger warnings, so let's let's run them down. 
Um, this is an insides on the outside times a thousand. Um, so if, again, as we just talked about slather, splatter, uh, horror, um, or gore porn. (laughs) I mean, if you know Eli Roth's previous works, then you're familiar with insides on the outside. Um, so lots of blood, lots of body parts, uh, guts, um, people being cooked, people being, (laughs) their head turned around, uh, mm-hmm. guns, knives, sex, drugs, no rock and roll. Um, no rock and roll. Surprising. No rock and roll. Um, a very disturbing, uh, Black Friday, or I guess it's actually Thanksgiving sale. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, again, like, I mean, like, you know, the realities of, of having to work on a holiday, um, capitalism, uh, Murder, more murder, 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 mm-hmm. all the murdering. Yes. <laughs> Did I miss anything? Did I miss any murdering? I don't think so. <clears throat> Brian? No, it's, it's, I don't know. Like if you don't like people in. Uh, oh, infanticide? Yeah, I yeah. guess. <laughs> it might be a stretch, uh, but. Yes. Um. I don't know if people in ovens are triggering to you. This might not be it. Um, I did think about that. It, like, oh, it, it, I, I definitely thought do. about that. I will always think about that, yeah. no matter what. People in ovens. Oh, but Jamie, I think there is rock and roll because isn't that uh, oh, weird yeah, guy that's there selling? Is. Oh, there yeah, is rock and roll. And on, rock the- and roll <laughs> on the floor. <laughs> exactly. That was me playing the guitar. For those uh, who are listening, that was my oh, interesting, perfect interesting. guitar playing. That was great. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, before we get into everything that is Thanksgiving with all of the mains and the side dishes, uh, producer Brian, do you have some words for us? Yeah, absolutely. Hey, everybody. Hi, YouTube. Hello. Um, we are so happy that we could be celebrating Thanksgiving with this movie. Um, But if you wanted more content from us, um, you can find us on social media at Talk Horror Pod. Uh, We're on TikTok. We're on X or Twitter. Um, We're also on uh, Instagram. So follow us on all of those social media platforms. Uh, The rest of this year, um, we're going to try to catch up on some of the bigger movies um, that came out during the strike that we didn't cover. Uh, we're going to be doing things like Saw X and some other movies, so stay tuned. Uh, and then we've got a real fun Christmas special for you. And then uh, we're going to jump into next year with some awesome ones coming out. Um, I think we're, we might do Imaginary, um, uh, Night Swim uh, earlier in the year. So there's some really, really fun stuff. We will definitely be doing Lisa Frankenstein. That is it. <laughs> Even if it's terrible, which I, it better not be, we will 100% be covering that. Um, but yeah, stick with us. Subscribe to us um, on social media and then wherever you get podcasts. Um, and we'll talk more about that later. But uh, yeah, happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Do you guys have any like special traditions you do on Thanksgiving or like, are you guys going to cook? Are you going to family? Um, So we're going to family, but Mm. the last couple of years, Jamie and I have been making our own stuffing and that's like our thing that we do now, I guess. And it's delicious. 
I love that. It is really Do you guys good. put meat in your stuffing or no? Mm-mm. Okay. Like is that maybe an it's option? a is that a thing? Yes. <laughs> maybe it's a, a black cultural thing, but hmm. people put gizzards in their oh, stuffing. So yeah. like that, like the fatty parts to like make it a little bit more like like instead of using butter or in addition to butter, use like the gizzards and stuff like that. Yeah, but also as just like an, a, a meat component <clears throat> yeah, oh, interesting. to it. Yeah. Cool. Which is like really wild. Ours, but Well, ours has leeks in it, so we couldn't be any more bougie. Fancy. That is so, <laughs> the epitome of millennial bouge is that. <laughs> it's really good though. It it's like really, really good. Really good. I believe it. I'll come over next year when I'm off the road. <laughs> but Hamilton provides us uh, wherever we're at. They have like a restaurant cater for Ooh. us. So I guess that's oh, also that's kind nice. of bougie. Like, I don't have to cook myself. It's like, just show up at this place and you get mm-hmm. free food and booze. Sounds it's like, great. great. And that's what's wonderful. the address for those interested, interested parties? <laughs> right. <laughs> send, I'll send you a to-go plate. <laughs> Fantastic. Have you guys watched anything uh, new this week? Uh, yeah, actually. Uh, we finished um, on Hulu and Disney Plus, we finished the Goosebumps season one, the TV show. Nice. How was it? It was great. It was really fun. Okay. We, I really enjoyed it. I was I was having a good time. Nice. Yeah. I think, I think where it succeeds for me is that – it really captures the teenage melodrama that and camp that the books always conveyed, mm-hmm. um, and 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 that may be not great for some people, but for me, it definitely was nice, nostalgic, but also it was new. They there was a new twist yeah. to all of the goosebump stories that they kind of weaved together. Um, I was less interested in the teenage drama and like the love triangle stuff that was happening between the teenagers than I was in like all of them working together to try and defeat whatever's happening to me. That was way more engaging than the other stuff. Um, However, it wasn't bad that I couldn't watch it. It was just like, I was like, come on, get to the other stuff. Um, Mm. But overall the special effects were, I would say 90% of the time really good. Um, Okay. There was only really one episode where it was uh, underwhelming, um, but I thought the acting was really good. I thought the all the kids, or well, they're probably not children, but like all the teenagers, the young actors, I'll say, were mm-hmm. wildly ain't charming. Um, Justin Long, A plus, always. Oh, yay! Oh, uh, Justin. <laughs> yeah, I, I really dug it. I was, and I think I think my expectations were really low. Therefore, this as a surprise was like really really fun. Uh, and we, we, every Friday we were excited for the new one to come out. Mm-hmm. Nice. How many episodes total are there? 10. Yeah, ten? I think okay. 10. Great. Um, I have to revisit. Yeah, it's definitely worth it. I would <laughs> definitely suggest it. And then, um, Jamie and I last night started something very exciting. Oh, uh, <laughs> it's not horror related. I mean, actually it's sort of horror related based on the director, Um, but, uh, Jimmy, what did we start watching last night? (laughs) Oh, we started watching, uh, the fellowship of the ring, Lord of the Rings. 
the Obsessed. uh the what is it the the extended, <laughs> the extended versions. version okay how long is that <laughs> the like, first movie is four hours yeah stop it no that's real yeah. <laughs> that's okay. the way to watch them I've never, so I've never seen okay, great. Yeah. them. I've only seen the third one. I know it doesn't make any sense. It was like, you know, when you're younger, like you're in high school and your friend has a date, but they don't want to go to the movie theaters alone. So they're like, can you guys just come to the movies and like sit yes. in another row? It's so like, that's why I saw the third Lord of the Rings movie, <laughs> Return of the King. I had no idea what was going on because I missed the first two movies. They're both mm-hmm. like three hours long. So I mix, I missed six hours plus of context and then stroll into this thing. And I'm like, yeah, sure, whatever. It was, I remember Love it being that. like fine, but I had no idea what was going on. So yeah. uh, so Brian was like, you're really going to know what's going on because get ready for four hours of walking. Did y'all sit, do this in one sitting? Did you break it up like two oh, and we didn't, two? We, we only got like an hour in. <laughs> we, there's, this is going to take like a, like a week plus. I mean, what better than Thanksgiving week when like things are slower, you know, right, right, time right. off, more time yes. to catch up on, on walking. So, uh, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's dense. <gasps> There's it, a lot. Please. There's a lot of explaining. I've seen these many, many times. I okay. I, I will say I love the movies more than I love like Lord of the Rings, if that makes mm. sense. Yeah, like yeah. I'm not like a Tolkien fiend. I don't like know all the stuff, but I know okay. the movies well, and I love the movies. I think from a theatrical event and standpoint, they're truly magic from like a movie making standpoint and then from just like a release every year. And then on top of that, the quality of them is excellent. It's not like you're watching some schlock that like you just keep going because you love the IP. Like Mm -hmm. they're just so well made and well acted. And I think it's a, I think it is, I think there's an argument to be made that it is the greatest adaptation of all time of something that like is very dense and hard to adapt. And I think that universally it is agreed that like the changes that they made, while all not perfect, serve the narrative that they were doing. And even the four hour cuts of each movie, the ones we're watching now, doesn't necessarily like add, it doesn't add subplots. It adds context to the world. Um, uh, you know what I mean? Like yes, it's these, yes. it's these, some of the scenes are a little bit longer. Some of the relationships, they have a, another scene just to strengthen certain relationships, but it's not adding these wild subplots that all of a sudden like mess with the flow or the pace of the movie. Um, right. if that makes sense. And I think that's very rewarding, um, when you watch them. And the reason I wanted to watch the extended versions is like, if we watched the theatrical cuts, they would have been amazing. But also then like we, we we're, we're not gonna like rewatch them like in a couple months. You know what I mean? Because, yeah, like, for sure, absolutely. They take up so much time, and we got it. We understood it. We 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 got what we needed from them. So I figured, like, also let's just like do the extended cuts and just and do a deep dive. Into just do it. a deep dive. Um, yes. Yeah. So that's that's been Lord of the Rings corner. Um, but I'm excited. <laughs> I haven't seen them in a while. So, but also you know Peter Jackson, famous gory horror director, once upon a time. So. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's the connection, very thinly connected. <laughs> but it's a, it's a degree of separation, you know? Yeah, like, exactly. You got it. It's, it's close. <laughs> well, y'all keep us updated on that and how long it takes you to do that. Because how many movies are there? Are there three, four? It's three. I'm assuming yeah, they're all four. 
ish hours. <laughs> yeah, four, okay. four plus. Um, God's we're <laughs> we're only watching those three. Uh, we're not going to watch them, the Hobbit movies. Maybe if we wanted to later on, but like, it's <laughs> like, not. Like, those maybe are not we can watch them. We don't no, have to. No, I, we don't have to watch those. Those, <laughs> yes. uh, those we don't definitely don't have to watch. <clears throat> um, but these are, they're they're pretty great. Amazing. Yes, please keep us keep us updated on your Lord of the Rings corner. Uh, <laughs> and it'll do. be fantastic. Okay. Grand. Well, let's get into why we're all here. The table is set. Thanksgiving. Brian, <laughs> you have to do a plot summary of this. Oh, yes. oh right. Yes. yes. Indeed. What's the plot? <laughs> okay. So okay. Uh, let's do a plot summary of um, Thanksgiving. <clears throat> of Thanksgiving. All right. You let me know two minutes on the clock and I'm ready to go. All right. Two minutes are on the clock. Ready? Steady? What's this movie about? Go. Sure. So Thanksgiving takes place uh, in the in in the current times. Um, it it takes place in Plymouth, Massachusetts. Um, on Thanksgiving, a man is called to work at the local like Walmart, you know, stand-in. Um, basically, there is a riot. There is it. It just gets really out of control at the um, at the. Uh, was it the right mark, whatever they called it? Um, and uh, a couple of people die. One of them is the security guard. One of them is the wife of uh, the manager of the of the store. Um, uh, a, a very uh, up and coming baseball player, like in the community, who was going to like go to college and play, like breaks his arm like severely. Uh, the daughter of the owner of the store is there. Everybody, basically, the whole town is there, and everyone's a little bit at fault for what happened that night. Anyway, flash forward to a year later, somebody dressed up as John Carver, um, who was the first mayor of Plymouth or something like that, um, is dressing up like that and killing everybody who had something to do with um, why all of that went wrong. Um, The sheriff, played by McDreamy, is trying to figure all of this out. the daughter of the guy who owns the store is helping him um, with like the things she knows about like the missing footage and all of that stuff. So he kills everybody uh, throughout this. And it's like, they're they're both gory and hilarious and they're wonderful. And we'll talk about all the kills later in this episode. Um, But uh, in the end, he ends up kidnapping all of like her friends and that group. Uh, And uh, it is revealed that McDreamy is the killer because he was in love with the woman who died. She was going to leave the husband as she was pregnant with his kid. Uh, and in the end, uh, they uh, kill him, but his body wasn't found. Ooh. <laughs> yes. And then um, that final dream jump scare of him in the closet. Mm-hmm. Hilarious. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh. Um, <laughs> I obviously miss some things like the subplots with her friends. Uh, the subplot mm. with what's happening with like the parties that she has a stepmom that she's really not into that her mom is kind of missing, uh, not missing dead. Um, <laughs> uh, and uh, there's also a whole subplot about like her ex-boyfriend and her new boyfriend. And basically all of these subplots are just set up all of the red herrings. 
mm-hmm. um, which are her current boyfriend, Ryan, her ex-boyfriend, Bobby, who ghosted her um, after his arm was broken uh, at the store. Um, so all of that comes to a head when they're all kidnapped, essentially, and put around the Thanksgiving table. Um, and we'll, we'll get into all that. That's the plot. Fantastic. All right. Well, first segment up is likes and gripes. And now our likes and gripes. Who would like to start for likes and gripes? Jamie, it's why don't you start? It's all our first time seeing it. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, it is all our first time seeing this film as it just came out. Yes. Um, <clears throat> so... I will preface this with, um, in 2007, (laughs) Grindhouse came out and I was fucking obsessed with Grindhouse. Specifically, I was obsessed with Planet Terror and all of the fake trailers that were in Grindhouse. Sure. And I don't really care for Death Proof. Okay. Um, But either way- was obsessed, like, you know, made my whole personality, whatever. Um, so very invested in all of the fake trailers and the ones that have, like, turned into stuff, which I guess is really only one before Thanksgiving. Um, so I know we watched the trailer all together before. Nikisha, have you seen Grindhouse? I have not. Okay. Oh. So I will give you some context then. Please. So, so when you go see when you see Grindhouse in movie theaters, they play they play uh, some of the fake trailers before the first movie, which was Planet Terror, which was Robert Rodriguez Rod, uh, Robert Rodriguez's movie. Oh, like um, Tropic Thunder. <laughs> yes, but then so then you watch this full movie, and then there's like another like intermission of fake trailers because there's mm-hmm. a second movie. Like this is, this is your sitting in the movie theater for two full, for, a, for an actual double feature, which like, I okay. think that also was very appealing to me. Cause I had never, I've never seen a double feature, uh, ever. Like I've never even gone to the movie theaters twice in one day to like see two different movies, which I know is like mm-hmm. a normal experience. So like this just was like very formative for me and was very exciting for me. So, yeah. um, so uh, if you're familiar with Machete, that was like one of the other uh, – it was a fake trailer from the Grindhouse movies that they then turned into a full feature with Danny Trejo, um, who was in the fake trailer, and then they also cast him in that lead role. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, so anyway, so a lot of these other trailers – so there's Machete, there was Werewolf Woman of the SS, which was Rob Zombie's uh, fake trailer – um, and I think Nicolas Cage was in it as Fu Manchu. Um, <laughs> good stuff. Uh, then Edgar Wright did Don't, which was like the 70s style of like, don't open the door. Don't open the window. It's a, That's also a really good trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, then you have Eli Roth's Thanksgiving, um, which was like very Black Christmassy. Um, and we'll talk I, w- I want to talk all about it. I'm like way I'm I'm like being super low key about this, but I'm like deeply excited about this because, like I said, like Grindhouse had such an impact on me when I saw it. And like it was super formative in two thousand and seven because I had that was my like I graduated from high school and was going to college. So like identity formation, 
movies that like had a big impact on me. So like this was a big deal to me. Um, some Thanksgiving. And then the last one was, um, hobo with a shotgun. Um, but I don't remember who, (laughs) who made that one. Uh, (laughs) so, um, so yeah, so those were the, those were the fake trailers. And then now two of them have since become feature length films. So the Thanksgiving trailer, as we watched it earlier, is like that you know, 70s slasher. It's like super grimy. And like most of like all of the, all of the things that were featured had that like same type of like, you know, uh, I would say like they all kind of were like 70s exploitation. Like that was the aesthetic. And that was like all of the trailers had that. The, the two features had that. Um, so like that was the vibe. So when this, when this trailer dropped, for the actual feature for Thanksgiving 2023, I kind of was hesitant and worried because it's it was updated. It was contemporary. Um, it did not have the same vibe. It had it like it copied some of the beats from the original trailer, but it was it's it's its own thing. I feel like um, in some ways. So I was definitely really worried that like, it just wouldn't deliver. Um, but I got to say now that I finally gotten to my point, um, I loved this movie. Um, I had a Mm -hmm. great time. It's so fun and it doesn't have to be like, it doesn't have to have that same 70s exploitation, like aesthetic for it to still be good. It was really fun and still like, it really commit to the campy, like, uh, you know, holiday bit super consistently throughout the whole thing. Um, Mm -hmm. And this feels like a huge Eli Roth comeback. I'm like, I'm, I'm very excited because I'm also, I'm not a a gore porn person or whatever we're calling it. Fancy splatter film, fancy splatter. Um, It's like, (laughs) (laughs) like that, that genre that subgenre is like not really appealing to me. And I, I find that I'm becoming more squeamish as I get older, weirdly. I mean, I guess that's not weird, but I'm having a harder time handling like certain levels of gore unless it's like, I, this was less problematic for me because it was it, like, it's so over the top. And there's, for me, I think there's this fine line of like over the top gore uh, versus like just gore for being for gore's sake, where it's just like in your face, like we're slashing Achilles tendons left and right. And I'm like, not for me. I'm good. Yeah, um, sure. So, uh, so I, I, I was watching that like opening scene at the store. I was like, I was shocked. Like, I think my, my mouth was agape. Like it's super intense. And I do have to say that I feel like that's, it's like this whole movie is contingent on like this opening scene being super effective. And I think it is, I think it totally Mm -hmm. delivers. I think like the intensity of the gore and like how, how like some of these kills happen, that poor guy who like gets shoved into the store and like gets his throat sliced and is still (laughs) going like you still have the, it's like perfect between the comedy and the horror. He's still grabbing like the, the 109.99, uh, microwave, whatever that he's like trying to get the um, waffle iron, right? Yeah. Isn't waffle that iron. That's what it was. Um, and then you have like the guy that gets trampled, the security guard who gets trampled. Um, and it's just still like, uh, like, you, like he's like reacting to like continuously being trampled for like this whole opening scene. Um, mm-hmm. this poor, the poor woman, 
the wife of the store manager who gets trampled and then like her hair gets caught in the shopping cart and she gets like partially scalped. It's all fucking insane, but it's so well done and so entertaining and done practically. Again, I am a I I do love the practical effects and like it really I, I think that's another element of why this movie is so good is just like the gore is, is it's not all, I mean, there's some like CGI oozing here and there, but like they really tried to do a good amount of practical effects that I really enjoyed. Um, oh yeah. I mean, yeah. the, the practical effects in this are spectacular. And I think we talked about it with, um, uh, with a couple other recent movies that if it had been, Oh, five nights and Freddy's was one. If that wasn't mm-hmm. practical effects, that movie would have been, would have been, I mean, if that, all of that was CGI. No, thank you. Same yeah. thing with this. Th- it's the practical effects that make this movie in some ways. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> no, definitely. Yeah. So the practical effects, I mean, I haven't seen uh five nights at Freddy yet. I will. But the practical effects in this, well, first off, I just want to say that I didn't realize how campy this movie was going to be. Oh, interesting. Only because I uh, found out about the 2007 trailer after I saw the movie Mm. and the actual trailer for this 2023 Thanksgiving movie, it didn't seem like it was serious because like a horror movie set in Thanksgiving is not going to be, nobody's trying to make that serious. Right. Sure. But to an extent it was, it looked like it was taking it, it was going to take itself a little serious. So as the movie was going on, I realized, Oh wait, no, this is just going to be pure camp. And I was like, okay, well now I'm all in. And even with like the first death of the um, lady who worked at the diner and yeah. her getting sliced in half by the fucking trash can. Uh, but it was when the one of the kids, and maybe it was Bobby or one of them, was just like, yeah, we got to protect ourselves so that uh, we're not the ones getting 50 per- being 50% off or oh, whatever that, that comment was. So that's my quote. So my quote I have is, if we let the police handle this, we're all going to be 50% off. And at that moment, I was like, this is genius. This yeah. is great. So that's actually one of my major likes about this movie is how, its ability to balance camp, seriousness, humor – uh, and the gore and all of that, and it and and I don't feel like one of them ever like leads the way in some ways. I think it's mm-hmm. all really well done, and so that the tone is super consistent, even though it's doing all of these things. And I, I think that that oh, I almost think that that is the um, that's the magic of this movie that they can yeah. keep that tone with all those things happening all at once. Um, and any little flaw, and we'll talk about gripes as well, is totally overshadowed or washed away by the fact that, like, all of these different tones are working together to create one, like, consistent one across the board. Absolutely. And just to to add to that tone, uh, even just the different kinds of tropes that are happening in the movie, like, how is the killer all these places at once sometimes? You know what I mean? Like, sure. When you find out who it is, which reminded me of a conversation. I don't know what we were talking about, but we were talking about like 
knowing who the killer was because they were like the biggest name in the movie? Tell me. <laughs> uh, Jamie, go for it. <laughs> um, I guessed that Patrick Dempsey was the killer in like the first five minutes um, and yes. whispered it to Brian. I think that moving forward, if if it's a whodunit like horror, we should like lock in our our guesses. Like we should write them yes. down. Yes. Something going into it because uh, we're. I feel like we're on the hot streak right now, or at least I'm on the hot streak. I'm feeling really, you really are. good about it. You are. But I will say, Jamie didn't tell the full story. What she actually whispered to me was <laughs> that it's Pet- it, She said it's the sheriff because Patrick Dempsey's the most famous person in this. <laughs> Yes, that's I think I said, said because McDreamy is famous. Yeah, that that's also. But what that she said. made sense. Like as the movie was going on, I was thinking, oh, oh yeah, it has to be because Patrick is the biggest name in this, yeah. and it was like, oh yes, because I remember us having a conversation on this podcast about <laughs> I don't know what movie, but it was the same thing. I don't remember either. It was literally Maybe like Scream the most Six? famous person. I don't remember, <clears throat> but but uh, yeah, yeah. And also, like, all the other red herrings were so red, like bright yeah. red. Right. Bobby and, and yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And which is fine. Yeah, I didn't friend. mind any of that. Yeah. Ryan, right. I think his name was. Ryan. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, that, what'd you say? Just other boyfriends. Oh, other boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. um, all of that was like really like out there, like for us to think that like, like potentially that was who it was. And it, he was, and the sheriff was never a suspect. And he, and the the second that she's pointing out people and who they are in the footage, I leaned over to Jamie and I was like, "Oh, she's helping him." And then he literally says, "Like, I couldn't have done this without you." And we right. both looked at each other like, "Da da da," like like, like. But I will say, some movies, if you know who did it beforehand, the movie's no good. This is not mm-hmm. the case. Right. Like it, this was still wildly entertaining, even though because even though we didn't know officially yet, like the mystery was still engaging enough that like, well, maybe it isn't. And we're second guessing ourselves, even though we didn't. Yes. No, <laughs> I agree. And the only thing that was like, oh, duh. Yeah, it's Patrick is because at the very beginning of the movie, when he is going over the general, the manager's house and is talking to the wife yeah. and whatever the wife was saying, I was like, she's talking very weird to this sheriff. Like, is this just bad writing or is it because there's something underneath it? <laughs> That's yeah. what I said. He said. I said the same exact thing. I said, you know what? There was some weird chemistry. The lines yeah. were weird. They spent a little bit too long lingering around each other. And yes. I honestly just I, like a fucking idiot. I brushed it off because Same. I was like, that's I what they like, want you to do. I know. I was like, this is the opening scene, but I also don't know what the tone is yet. And I don't know if right. like, he's like a bachelor who floats, flirts with all the gals in town. Maybe because we haven't established his character just yet. You're kind mm-hmm. of figuring it out. So like that doesn't, feel out of place in the same way that it would have felt out of place two more scenes in one. exactly, And then two, he makes the comment in that first scene where he's like, you know, I know my way around a, a, a kitchen yeah. <clears throat> as a single no, guy. Right. I know my way around a kitchen. <laughs> so like when he's cooking everything and when he's basting the stepmom and all of that stuff, like 
that was another clue, obviously. Um, But I thought the same thing, Nikisha. And I told Jamie when it was over, I was like, I I have to listen to my gut more in those like opening sequences because a well-made horror movie, those things are not an accident. But we've seen Mm -hmm. so many bad horror movies where like, you know, like those things are an accident. (laughs) You know what (laughs) I mean? (laughs) Which is why I was like, okay. I mean, like I wasn't going in thinking like, much about this movie, but I knew that a lot of people were responding positively to it on social media. Sure. And, but again, I was just like, oh, this just might be like bad writing or bad acting. Like, I don't know, but this is all just feels like so fucking weird. Uh, but it's because they were together, which makes it even more better. The fact that we still got duped, Brian, <laughs> even uh, though <laughs> I got, got, and then Jamie had to pull me back in and yes. I was like, yeah, that yeah. was yeah, totally, totally, totally. But then you also think because then you know what actually undercuts that the fact mm. that she went to the store, the store to mm-hmm. give him leftovers. Like yes, if they in my head, like if they were together, wouldn't they, they use the opportunity of him going to the store to like, you know. Do some more Be together, nookie. do something. Yeah, I don't like know. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> so that's like what threw me off. Family there or something. Yeah, that's also true. Um, yeah, I mean, they could have had Nookie in the car on their way there <laughs> while they were bringing while they were bringing the the leftovers to I'm get dead. away. I do have to mention <laughs> Jamie's Jamie face. <laughs> I, 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 for those listening, hated that you said that so deeply. That's so. That might be the most disturbing thing <laughs> compared to this movie. I am obsessed. Jamie is not for Nikki in the car from Brian. So <laughs> just put that. I don't think I've out. ever used that term. Before no, you, you literally <laughs> never uttered that phrase. <laughs> Ever, which is I why I was repulsed by it. Yeah, that was. A, I don't think I've ever actually said that word except for like singing a, along to a Limp Biscuit song. Ooh, <laughs> you did it all for the yes, uh, fantastic for the Thanksgiving leftovers. <laughs> Thanksgiving leftovers. Oh my god. Well, speaking, I, I do want to go bring back to the point because uh, first off, Brian, I didn't even put fucking two two, two and two together of him. Like, yeah, I'm good around the house. And then, like, him, you know, basting Kathleen or whatever the stepmom's name is. And, right. Like, but I do have to share an, an experience in the movie theater because, you know, for the, there was a, there was quite a few people. I saw it um, uh, on a Thursday, sorry, on a Sunday night. And there were quite a few people uh, oh, at the too. movie. And it, it was the minute that he started basting or putting like, butter on her legs and like seasoning her like you could just tell the whole audience was kind of like what the fuck is happening but then everyone just started erupting in nervous laughter (laughs) at that at that moment yeah and it was just like at after i mean even before some of the deaths people were like i don't know how to feel about this I myself was laughing at every single death that was happening out loud. But by the time we got to him actually like seasoning the stepmom and getting her ready, like I think everyone then was on board of like, it's okay to laugh at this. Like this is supposed to be, it's supposed to be funny. It's supposed to be wild and crazy and all this stuff. But it was just a a shared experience of everyone just being collectively like letting out the nervous laugh. (laughs) People erupted. 
in laughter when the garbage closed on her and cut her in half. Really? Oh, my God. oh mm-hmm. yeah. Because that whole opening sequence, that whole, not opening sequence, that whole murder sequence um, was like pretty intense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, and then, and then all of a sudden it ends in this big laugh, which I think was like a really great entryway into like each kill, if that makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we, no, we hijacked that. some of this from Jamie's likes. <laughs> That's okay. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Go, That's, sorry. Go but ahead, all of these things are true. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, I thought, I also thought that uh, Patrick Dempsey like was a good villain. Like he did a really mm-hmm. good job. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, just like his delivery and kind of the switch at the end when like he looks down at his boot and was like, if you were just hanging on there for like one more second, like it was like he 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 <laughs> delivered like a pretty a creepy performance. Um, mm-hmm. His accent made me laugh uh, oh. several times. It was um, great. I think that enhanced the movie like yes. tenfold. <laughs> I do Absolutely. like like they really commit to the accents, and it made me laugh. Um, the whole, also the sequence in the beginning when everyone's just yelling fuck you to each other, um, yeah. in, yes. their, in their Massachusetts accents, um, did make me laugh. I know maybe cursing doesn't make everyone laugh, but it does make me laugh most of the time. Um, yeah. one thought that I had, <laughs> and I said to Brian after, um, please don't come for me. I, I am a happy <laughs> resident of my state, but, uh. If if this movie wasn't necessarily like about taking place in Plymouth, Massachusetts, yeah, Plymouth, Massachusetts, I was like, this could take place in, in Pennsylvania. This could, I would believe that this was also in Philadelphia. Absolutely, <laughs> I well, agree. I think, I, but I think that's kind of the charm of it too. Like this mm-hmm. really could have been any small town yeah. in in us, you know, where where <clears throat> where like everything is close, and then one crazy thing happens or whatnot, like. Mm-hmm. One with whatever accent of that region is like there, like uh, obviously made more fun of this is Plymouth because of obviously the Thanksgiving holiday, but like one hundred percent could have been anywhere. Absolutely, yeah. but um, yeah, I would say my my biggest gripe isn't really a, a huge gripe. It's more about like when we talk about um the four S's and skulls and things like that. But like the characters don't always make good decisions. And like that just frustrates me as like a person watching this, like scrutinizing, like would I do this in this situation? Like I'm thinking about that a lot in most of the movies that I'm watching. Um, For sure. But I'm just like, with any, like, is anybody really this stupid? Um, but I think that they kind of like again. They the characters really commit to it. It's more of like you know spoilers for uh, Cabin in the Woods. But like when those characters are acting very stupid, mm-hmm. that's what this reminded me of. It's like taking the trope of like you know like people aren't making the best decisions. They're all going to like they're in danger, but they're still somehow by themselves all of the time. They're still like having sex in weird places and mm-hmm. and like just making the wrong choice. And sometimes it bothers me because I'm like, that doesn't feel real. But again, I think that the characters are like committed enough to who they are that you're like, okay, maybe this person really is stupid. And that's <laughs> really what they would do. And I guess I have to be okay sure. with that. So, yeah, yeah, I think on that note, 
I agree, but I also think that the writing was pretty strong in this and the acting was strong. So a lot of the tr- the dumb things they did felt within the characters and at least justified by the actors. Um, yeah. Man, we've watched some uh, – uh, what did we watch? Haunt maybe? We watched some movies where like characters were just like doing crazy things that – I don't know. Um, and Season of the Witch <laughs> – Oh my gosh. Yes. I just got so mad all over again. <laughs> yes. Damn. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm I'm gonna stop talking about this because yes. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna talk myself <laughs> into a rage. Um, but yeah. it's but you're right, like I, I think <clears throat> because of the writing and the world that it's in, because you know I guess for me, it does justify like making dumb decisions because the whole thing is already so like campy and over the top that it's like, of course you're, you know, not looking over your shoulder or not picking up a weapon or like going into the, you know, mouth of the beast. You know, it just seems like that's, you know, a part of, a part of it, Mm -hmm. a part of the world, a part of the things, but any other likes and gripes you have, Jamie, about this? Um, I don't think so. But if someone says something, then I I will hop Chime on in. and say something too. <laughs> yes, <laughs> absolutely. Jamie, you've already said all the things that I basically had on here. Um, I just have it's a fun. Oof, yes, <laughs> I have it's a fun gory ride, and this has to be a three picture minimum deal. It has to be. Mm. This it needs to be opened up for like years to come. Um, a new slasher on the horizon that could change however it needs to change, you know, for the new state, the new set of kids and victims. Like, I feel like it's just a, it's a fun, it's a fun thing. And y'all know I love a slasher. So here's a question for you. Mm -hmm. Do you want Thanksgiving too? Or do you want like St. Patrick's Day or Earth Day, like like you know what I mean, like what like Groundhog do you want it Day. to ground? Yeah, do you want it to be more of a like like anthology chain of mm. holidays, mm. or specifically about these characters again, or 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 do you want like Thanksgiving in another city? Like what what yes. what would mm. satisfy you the most? Same for you, Jamie. Yeah, exactly what you said. The last thing you said, Brian, I was going to say what Halloween was trying to do, but wasn't successful, uh, mostly because of what they built up. I think that Thanksgiving could do with it just having a different event somewhere else. But on Thanksgiving, Mm -hmm. even if it's still in like Plymouth or another like colony of like, you know, the beginnings of America, with the mask, I think that it could definitely, uh, it could definitely work that way. So something, something different happening, but on Thanksgiving, that's slasher related. Jamie? And that'd be fine. Um, I, I mean, I, I think I'm, I'm interested in going down like the, let's give a slasher for every holiday, no matter how obscure it is. <laughs> Um, I just think that's so funny. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and yeah, I think that there's so many ideas that you can come up with for whatever it is and like commit where there's like enough, enough like puns and, and, Mm. and kills that are all kind of 
thematic across whatever that holiday is. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I dig it. Arbor Day. Make it work. Yeah. Easter. (laughs) And also, like, I'm perfectly okay. Also, like, obviously, like, that's, like, an ambitious dream for this one. But, like, Mm. if this was a standalone, this is a really fucking good standalone. Mm -hmm. It is. Like, there's – I mean – I remember Hulu put out, and I don't know if y'all ever saw it, but there's a movie called Pilgrim. That's a yeah. Hulu original. Well, oh, yeah. Hulu tried to do exactly this, like right. a, a different slasher thing for every holiday, and it kind right. like to, to varying degrees of success. Mm. Yeah, but like like you said, Brian, this is a great <laughs> standalone. I think the other stuff just wasn't as well. Uh, no, it doesn't seem as if time was taken to map it out and and make it you know successful uh but this thanksgiving one really does Mm -hmm. it 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 does it up for me so i personally would love all of the thanksgiving all the time everything (laughs) (laughs) but yeah brian what about your likes and gripes sure um i loved this movie i think that this is a new classic i think this is iconic i think there's so much about this that is truly perfect and super super well done i think all of the kills are wildly unique i think they both balance the camp and the scares as well as the tension and the humor really really well i think that the acting is really good i think that everybody in this movie is having a great time making this movie from the crew to the cast. I thought the pacing of this movie was excellent. And and I think that the opening could easily make like a top 10 best openings to a horror film because the building of the tension and all of that. And it's not scary for the reasons that you think it's going to be scary. It's scary because the way that America handles capitalism now is scary and you're waiting for something bad to happen and you know something bad is going to happen. But like Mm -hmm. watching it happen and having seen this type of stuff on the news, maybe not to like that like wildly crazy degree in terms of like how people are, 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 are being hurt. Um, but I think that was really terrifying and that like grounded aspect of the opening is kind of what really drew me in. And then obviously layered on top of that is the gore and the weird stuff that happens in that opening sequence. But I think that opening sequence is just really, really excellent, excellent and playing on what we fear the most about black Fridays, even though it's not technically black Friday in the movie. Um, my favorite kill by far no question was the diner waitress at the beginning. Um, mm, okay. <laughs> because I think that a lot of it was super clever. I think that like putting her in the water and then like her getting stuck to the freezer was really awesome. Yeah. I thought that her trying to swipe her phone, but the blood wouldn't let her. And then mm-hmm. when she's trying the face to, recognition, the face recognition wouldn't work because half of her face was off. Um, and then she can't find her keys. Like she, you know, the fact that she'd even look for her keys before she left, like <clears throat> all of that stuff. And then, and then all of that capped off with her being cut in half, which is like semi unrealistic, but hilarious. I just thought that whole sequence was so, so, so well done. And I mm-hmm. think that to me, that was like a perfect microcosm of like the macro of how this movie balances everything. 
Also with like the little details. Something else I liked about this movie and another movie from this year handled it really well, <laughs> which was Influencer um, on Shudder, which is really good if you didn't watch it. Um, I oh, think I this one that. handles social media in the world really well. I like mm. the idea that he was tagging them in the in the Instagrams. Mm-hmm. I like all of that stuff. And I think it worked its way into this movie in a very natural way. It didn't feel forced. I feel like a lot of times social media or technology in movies feel super forced just to move the plot along. Whereas in this one, it, even though it does move the plot along a little bit, it definitely makes us more connected to kind of what this world is, how these kids are using Instagram and social media and stuff like that. Um, So I really appreciated uh, that aspect of it. I agree with you. The accents are really fun. All of that stuff, a perfect amount of puns. Um, I, uh, I just, Oh, even the little things of like, uh, you know, her, her dad didn't have to like be Russian or whatever Eastern European um, language they were speaking. Yeah. Yeah, Like, yeah. All of that was super, super funny and added to kind of like just the quirkiness of this movie that he's listening to the opera and, and the classical music in his ears. Yes. Like, like all of that stuff was really, really good. You know, and, and that whole scene um, when she gets the um, the, the, the corn cob um, pieces oh, yeah. in, her oh, ears, in her ears. Like that whole sequence is about sound. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Her with the close-up on the eye. That's actually that, – that part is when I turned away even before mm. the corn cob happened mm-hmm. because, like, I, I forgot that they actually show that in the trailer. But she's, like, poking her eyeballs and, like, cleaning out yeah. her ears. And I was like, oh, like, make it stop. I don't know what's yeah. going to happen. I hate right. it. <laughs> Ugh, All of that terrible. was great. <clears throat> I thought the chase sequence, the whole sequence with uh, the stepmother and the chase throughout the the um, the historical home was really, mm. really good. Um, I think that the parade stuff was awesome when the when the boat goes when the Mayflower goes through his face and his nose is oh dangling. My God, and the little that kids are like, "Grandpa, Grandpa!" Oh, it was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> also, I love that he was wearing the clown costume to, um, un- you know, to 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 subvert your expectations um, mm-hmm. in the parade. Um, I thought all of that was really, really, really good. Um, I think that uh, the movie was super fun. Man, I love a good turning a live stream on the bad guy. That is to me <laughs> always so so satisfying. Uh, I you know wh- when she and the the whole line where it's like you know what I'm thankful for that this place has good service and then yeah. she shows you the thing I was like yeah this is exactly what I wanted from this moment mm-hmm. it was right. so deeply satisfying I love that everything that the script brings up. The fact that she fired a musket before. The fact that mm-hmm, like yep. she had the charms on her bracelet yes. that ended mm-hmm. up getting caught on the thing. But in the end, her mom ends up saving them by like mm-hmm. stuffing all of that into the musket and that being the... Which um, is better than the candle blowing in yes. the Boogeyman spoilers. Agreed. So much better. 100%. Um, I thought that was all super fun. Um, I thought this movie was a banger and a half. I will watch this every November if I can. Uh, I, I I think this is a spectacular, spectacular movie. Um, some I have, and, do have. Oh yeah. Oh no, sorry. No, I was no, gonna no, say, no. And uh, <laughs> bare minimum, the black guy lives, and I was very happy about that because I thought he was gonna die. Oh. <laughs> he was really good. Nikisha, 
Yeah. I'm happy a, with our with our final boy and girl. Final and I guess too. like yes. the dad survived. Yeah. And Addison yeah. Ray. I guess oh. girls, because Addison yeah. Ray survived. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I felt like there were a good amount of survivors and it didn't feel weird in any way. I thought yeah. that oh when the dad throws up when he's gagged. Great moment. A oh great moment. Great moment. Great. And yes. the one friend that you wanted to die actually died. Yeah, thank God. Yes. <laughs> so that was like so so that was super cool. Um oh, I really liked so I was expecting the sequence on the trampoline, like we saw in the trailer, for yeah. her to land on the knife with her cooch. Her, her, her cooch. <laughs> <laughs> fucking say that. Oh my god. I am I am shocked. I am shocked out of all the words we both said the same fucking thing. Because I think I said this to Brian you when did. we walked out of I the I was theater, gonna say and I also used the word coochie. <laughs> I, I was going to say her nookie machine, but that's... <laughs> but, oh, no. 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 Um, but, but I'm so happy you said because <laughs> But I'm glad. I'm actually super glad that the movie decided to... I'm super blurry if you're watching on YouTube. Yes. I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm super happy that the... Um, I'm, I'm super happy that the... Uh, uh, that it was an it was a uh, it was an Achilles thing because that still mm. freaks me out. But it, I wasn't mm-hmm. expecting that. I was expecting the split because yeah. she does do the split at the beginning of that sequence. So yeah. I thought that was like a really good change in general. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, I, I really really enjoyed this. I thought that uh, the the lead uh, who played Jessica, I think, yeah, um, Jessica, I thought she was excellent. Um, I saw mm-hmm. her. I used to watch uh, that John Stamos Disney Plus show uh, where he's like the girls' uh, basketball coach. She's in that. Oh, is that she's what pretty, she's in? Yeah, oh. she's good in that too. Anyway, I really, really like this movie. I, I did had I did have two gripes about this movie. Um, the first gripe is I think Jessica forgives Bobby way too quickly. Um, in that sequence, he's been mm-hmm. he's been gone for a year. They were dating hot and heavy. He ghosted her, even though I can understand why that she understand. Like I understand. Why do you the, say hot and heavy? I don't know. That's a, I, I don't know. Why are you talking like a like a fifty year old man who's like talking to his teenager? I don't. I don't know. Screaming. <laughs> They seem to have a, a strong relationship, and um, and then he ghosts her, and then he comes back without saying anything. Like that just fe- and then he, and then she forgives him. Like I understand there's some empathy where like his whole life was technically ruined by that night, and like sh- he may blame her because it was her dad's store and all of that. But like at the end of the day, like she deserved. Uh, she seemed like a character who understands her worth. Therefore, mm-hmm. um, she. Sh- I felt like she should have been uh, in that world. I feel like she would have de- felt like she deserved more of a like explanation instead of like a full year of never hearing from this person. Um, right. mm-hmm. It felt like she forgave him too quickly so that he can be involved in the plot faster. Um, like it felt unnatural that she would say like, Hey, my dad has these files and like, and just like straight up tell him in that moment that felt weird. However, I, I let it go because I was already enjoying the movie so much. Um, and then, um, 
I also don't think that she would have stayed with Ryan at the end. He just proved Same. himself. Yeah, he even though he wasn't the 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 killer, and and both him and Bobby were used as red herrings. And like, I, I don't know. Like, I, one, I liked Bobby better than her, even though Bobby like ghosted her in in general. And like, Bobby ended up being the hero, like for, for, along with her, right. um, in some ways. <clears throat> um, but you know, Ryan just felt like. Ryan handled himself in a really obnoxious way the whole time. Um, even though he he comes off early in the movie as like, even I would say like when he's trying to woo her friends with like the Patriot Steelers tickets and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Like he comes off as trying. He comes off as like super empathetic and and excited to be dating her. And like it's not a competition anymore. However, he just like turns into this like very privileged like like upper middle class rat fink. And right. again, I don't know why I said rat fink. <laughs> but the year old man. Yeah. And he had like That's that gold happening. Rolex or whatever he was wearing. And like he mm. came off like her dad. In some ways, and and maybe mm. that's where maybe that's the psychological aspect of it that like she's weirdly dating her dad in some ways and stuff like that. But like mm. it just didn't feel natural for her to go back to him at the end when like he had just proven himself to not be as mature as maybe she thought he as right. she thought he was. Whereas yeah, not that Bobby did either. I mean, quite frankly, she should have ended up with none of those jabronis. She's better than both of those jabronis. But mm. like that that just felt off to me. Uh, so basically anything with Bobby and Ryan felt a little bit off to me. But like, again, that really didn't distract me from the movie and what was going on because the friendships were exciting and, and, and felt real and the friendships felt lived in, um, even with their dumb decisions, especially at the beginning, um, that she would kind of go along with that and all of that. But like that felt more real than anything than, than the other stuff. So I, I totally, totally accepted that. Um, yeah. So yeah, those were my that was my only real grab. I, I think I think the weak part of this movie was the Bobby Ryan stuff by far. Hmm. That reminds me of a gripe that I did kind of have, but it kind of it goes back to what Jamie was talking about of people peopling um, mm-hmm. in the world. And one thing that kind of distracted me or just made me think like, hmm, would I do that? Was a lot of the times people were dying right in front of them. And they were just wide-eyed, like, just watching it and, like, not doing anything, like, not shielding mm. their eyes, not whatever. And so it just, like, made me think, especially when, what, Yulia gets, like, on the little table saw or whatever and, like, blood is just, like, splattering in their faces and they're just, like, sure. watching the whole thing. And then it's like, okay, well, I know there's the phrase of, like, a train wreck, like, you can't take your eyes off of it. But it was also just kind of like, really, are we just going to sit here and just watch like all these people get kind of like torn apart and bloodied up and yeah. die? But that's and, like, not that's like part of the like shtick that I feel like also channeled the the original trailer. Like sure. going okay. back to the trailer uh, where she's where that woman's in the car with it happens to be Eli Roth actually um, uh-huh. in the driver's seat, and she like goes to. Uh, give him, you know, head and, uh, and then he loses his, um, like that type of moment where then she's just like, first of all, you hear her swallow and then she screams, which is repulsive and hysterical, but the, (laughs) like her reaction and then going to the other guy and he's like, don't worry, I'm here now. And they immediately start making out like that whole 
vibe is what I feel like that scene of them watching Yulia get like sliced up mm. and like not moving and they're just like fair. Ah. Like it's just like so yeah. it's like horrified but also like borderline like so ridiculously stupid and silly. And sure. and like it, like there's like a moment if it goes on any longer it's like okay now this is just like stupid and it's like yes. just it's okay. like cutting it off like just at the moment where it's like okay maybe they're in shock but it is kind of this like fine line between both of those things and like the longer it is also like it's like horror comedy the longer it goes on for the funnier it is and it like loses the impact of how scary it is and so you have yes. to kind of like edit it with like the perfect timing if you want it to kind of like have a little bit of a comedic moment because it's right. so ridiculous that it's happening, but mm-hmm. still hit and then like continue on with like, oh my God, they're like traumatized from this moment. Right. Yeah. And I think in contrast to that, um, uh, scuba holding her and like saying, Jessica, I don't know what to do. Like <laughs> felt very real, but funny at but the same time. Because it, it was so genuine. Like the yeah. actor was so genuine when he said just, it. Just go. And oh, it came off that way. Like, yeah. What do I do? I, yeah, I lo- that felt like that felt like a Chrissy wake up. I feel like an evil like person. <laughs> yeah, it, it did. Yeah. Um, oh, one of my likes in any movie is <laughs> when someone has a unique and cool nickname. Like mm. his last name being like diving or whatever it is that sounds like diving therefore his Mm -hmm. nickname is scuba like i love (laughs) stuff like that yeah it was cute like like in um um like in days and confused the character's last name is floyd so they all call him pink like i Mm. love that kind of stuff um Mm -hmm. but i did have an and maybe i just didn't understand it um but i did think that the when they were going to get the guns Uh, at the party like i thought that was really fun and funny and all of that like that like whole that whole um that whole like subplot was was pretty hilarious um my question is what was the point of that was that just to like continually bring up the fact that she had used that type of gun before because in the end like he didn't really like use the gun at all you know what Mm -hmm. i mean like the gun never came back like and then I guess, like, it helped that, like, he gave her the ring and, like, that, like, tied all of it in. I get that. But them going to get the gun felt, like, very um, empty in the end because he didn't really use it. There was – either the safety was on or, like, he didn't have any ammo or whatever the case was in that scene where he couldn't shoot the guy, um, mm-hmm. shoot um, John Carver. That just felt a little bit – I didn't – I don't know if that fully landed for me outside of the fact that it was setting up – her getting the ring and her knowing how to like, f- um, uh, how to set up a musket essentially. Um, yeah. That, that 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 that's another one. Yeah, that- I I didn't even I forgot all about the gun, and I guess that's to your point of like it didn't really land. It wasn't uh, like super important <laughs> to the story, like mm-hmm. just the ring. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, still great. Good, good job, everyone. Paul. <laughs> good job, everyone. Good job, movie. Great, gorgeous gowns. Fantastic. <laughs> Is that all everyone? Uh, everyone has to say about likes and gripes before we move on. I think so. I think so. Fantastical. Well, let's go on to our next section of mm, brains. Mm. <sighs> Ooh, 
so many not brains, but intestines all around. Mm. Yes. Uh, okay, Jamie, here's the first question. A uh, bit of a doozy of a question, but in <laughs> your opinion, <laughs> in your opinion, what do you think are the effects of capitalism on the working class's <laughs> mental health? <laughs> oh, I'm just going to drop the entirety this of the world. bomb on you. Um, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think that <clears throat> I think that the effects are great <laughs> and like heavy, big, heavy. large, impactful. Yeah, um, not like great. Not like, like they're job. super duper. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> serotonin and dopamine all around. <laughs> yeah, for real. <clears throat> I mean, I think that the effects of capitalism on like all classes is continuing to cause a lot like we're in late stage capitalism now and like it's not like also thinking about you know finances and socioeconomic status like all of Mm -hmm. these things also I think impact mental health on a regular basis like it's one of the many things that I think is impacting mental health on a regular basis like one of the approaches uh to working with people that I think about is like person and environment. So it's like not just the individual and like whatever mental health things that they might be coming in with, but it's also like Mm -hmm. what are the things around them, like their identity and like their support system and like the culture that they participate in and like all of these things that kind of make them them that ultimately do influence not only them, but like their mental health and wellness on a regular basis. And like, I think that, you know, the influence of capitalism, the influence of, um, of like climate change, like all of these things are having an impact, a negative impact on our mental health. Um, so I feel like that's the best I can say without, you know, without, without having a dissertation on the whole subject matter. Yes. Yes. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I, I hopefully that answers your question. <laughs> no, yes, yes, yes. I mean, it's it's a heavy question, but the whole like thematic is like capitalism in a sense. You know, of course, it's like slashers be slashing, but like mm-hmm. capitalism with the whole mm-hmm. Black Friday now being on Thursday, and mm-hmm. will probably be at the beginning of Thursday as opposed to you know now being you know late at night and the impacts of that and people's greed and all that stuff. So, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. that's a good and that point. Was, that's Nikisha. something also. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you go for it. Oh, <clears throat> there's a comment that the killer makes in the movie, almost differentiating between like our prota- our group of protagonists and the other mm-hmm. people who participated, who got killed that the other people he says were just greedy they were just greedy people who were participating. And so, like, th- I just think that that's an interesting thing that, like, they still are penalized for participating in it, but they're right. being they're being penalized in a different way compared to, mm-hmm. like, mm. our other players here. And, and you know, uh, again, if this is, this is somebody who's, like, justifying his murder plan, but at the same <laughs> time, it's like, well, why is he – like differentiating between these groups of people that they were, they were greedy and they were problematic 
in that space, this group of people he viewed as um, as like privileged and flaunting that like mm-hmm. their ability to get into the store early, and they were like, "Ha ha, I'm buying this iPhone!" Like all of that stuff. Um, so, yeah, just uh, that everybody everybody is the problem. Right. It's not just, yeah, sure. it's not just like the, the, you know, the greedy the folks. On top that, and, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's greed across all levels. It's greed from yes. people who are shopping. It's greed from the store owner. Who's like, I'm opening this store on Thanksgiving mm-hmm. day. I don't fucking care that it's a holiday that people are spending with their family. I want to make money. So it's like right. greed across. And like, that's the impact of, of capitalism. Absolutely. Because if people were like, fuck this, it's Thanksgiving, I'm not going to go out, then there will be no money to be made, right? So then there will mm-hmm. be no need mm-hmm. for it to be open on Thanksgiving. But mm-hmm. because of, like you said, uh, the different levels of greed, like you have mm-hmm. those people who were like, oh, well, yeah, since it's a sale because I can't afford things full price, it just all becomes full circle. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, mm-hmm. well then I'll just take the time to go on a holiday because I won't be able to afford this any other time. Cause they're not going to give a sale like this at any other time, you know? Yeah. Um, so yes, Brian, were you going to say something earlier? Oh, I, I was just going to talk about the fact that you made a really good point in that black Friday started out as, you know, let's give people a discount so they can get started on their holiday shopping after Thanksgiving. And it mm-hmm. keeps moving back and back and back and back. <clears throat> and that and that that is a direct result, consequence, if you will, of people buying it and doing it and going online yeah. and doing all that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think some companies, like maybe REI and stuff like that, are specifically mm-hmm. closed on those like Black Friday weeks and weekends, um, and they say like you know get outside, do something like mm. take a walk, go on a hike, like don't come to our store, like do something mm. with your family. Um, yeah, at least they used to do that. I don't know if that's still a thing or whatnot, but I always appreciated that. Like even if that was a part of their marketing ploy for you to buy with them later that season, like which it essentially is. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's fine because I just like the idea that like you know, you can do that. And, and, you know, I think things are definitely different because now you can order online without having to go in and get trampled, but like Mm -hmm. still, it's still a similar concept. Um, but uh, yeah, I just thought that was in it in black Friday. No. No. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think there might've been one time, but it was like late Friday night that we went to a Walmart just to like see what was happening. Mm. Um, sure. And it still was a fucking madhouse, even <laughs> at on Friday night. You know, sure. like mm-hmm. oh yeah, after everything had already started on Thursday in the morning. And I mean, I even remember like the news when it was like at midnight. When it was like okay, now on midnight on Friday, everything is opening, and so people mm-hmm. would be like waiting outside for that. And now it's like okay, well we'll just do it like when you're supposed to be having Thanksgiving dinner. It's like come to our store, get yeah. you know this fucking waffle iron. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah no. like the doorbusters, I feel like aren't – nothing's like that compelling. And plus like no. now the holiday just like keeps ex- – like the holiday. That's mm-hmm. stupid. The shopping deals continue to extend beyond just Black Friday 
like we have Cyber Monday. We exactly. have we have a small business Saturday. But also Giving like Tuesday. Amazon is running Giving deals. Tuesday, yeah. Amazon, eBay, Walmart, like Best Buy, all these come Target, all their deals have started. Like yes. pre-Thanksgiving. They're going to continue like through next week. So it, the the appeal of like I have to get there at this time right. on a specific specific day is like not there anymore because like you you can still do that shopping from the comfort of your tushy being on your chair and not moving. Yeah, absolutely. Go online, order stuff, or wait till <clears throat> Cyber Monday when yeah. they release all this stuff. Then mm-hmm. so or like, do you really need some of this shit? That's the way I'm saying to main. myself. I mean, but but also same. Like that's the main thing. We're just trying yes, to help you guys not get trampled. Yes. You know, we just want you guys to survive the holiday. We don't want you yeah. to get trampled by run over don't by a cart. Don't get carvered. Don't get carvered. Ugh, the carver. Uh, okay, so one more question, Jamie. I have maybe two. Um, so I would love to talk about the father and him being such a workaholic. And I would love to know if it was believable that the father would be so wrapped up in his work to the degree that he is um, as a direct result of losing his wife. Because he does make the comment of like, <coughs> after, or the daughter makes the comment of like, after mm-hmm. she died, he just was so into work. Yeah. I mean, I think I, you know, maybe because this movie is portrayed in the way that it is, but I think that that's a believable uh, reason. Like, I think, again, kind of thinking about the impact that grief has and, you know, there's so many different ways that folks can react. I think some folks, like, we talk about avoidance and not wanting to think about disturbing things like death, for example. Like, I could see somebody being like, I'm going to throw all of my energy into something that allows me to not have to think about this. And for some Mm -hmm. people, that's work. That's very real. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, And then my last question is just about empathy. Mm -hmm. And can you talk about what can maybe cause empathy to be turned off in a person, or maybe Mm -hmm. some people just don't develop empathy? Um, Just because I'm thinking about the the father and the stepmother um, just having the sale anyway the next year, despite like people dying and not taking a second to like reassess and evaluate because they still want money monies. Yeah. I mean, I think also, I I definitely agree that like, you know, not everybody has empathy, which is Mm. a scary thought that I think about every so often. Um, (laughs) And uh, I think that like, like empathy is all about the ability to put yourself in someone else's situation. Mm -hmm. So if you're thinking about it from that lens, think about being this rich dad who, who is uh, a business owner and is, is, you know, well off. He himself did not lose anybody. So like this has Mm -hmm. not impacted his world. This hasn't impacted him so it's harder for him. Like this is this is where I find people's inability to empathize with others is like some people cannot conceptualize uh, what it's like for someone else because they themselves haven't experienced it. And so sometimes yeah. people gain empathy as a result of lived experience that hopefully doesn't have to happen for all people. Um, that like you can still put yourself in somebody else's position. And you don't have to have lived through that experience to have 
empathy and compassion for somebody else. Um, But I do think that that's a a blocker for a lot of, for many, 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 many people. Um, Yeah. In terms of like how can empathy be turned off or be lost, I think that sometimes um, people who care for others significantly, um, but like don't turn that off ever, uh, Mm -hmm. can then suffer from like compassion fatigue. Um, so that's like, that is a cost of, of being in a caring role. Um, and not, not always having the ability to like kind of disconnect. And then it, it kind of looks similar to burnout. Um, so, and like, you know, compassion fatigue is something that a lot of, a lot of other helping professions, um, struggle with is like the, the, in the, like it impacts their ability to continue to do this work that requires a lot of empathy and compassion. Yeah. I, I guess it's such a scary thing. Like you said, like people can just not have it at mm-hmm. all. Mm-hmm. And how do you operate in the world? Like in society is just crazy to think about. And now that will haunt my dreams. Thank you. Yeah. I (laughs) tell you, you don't have to tell me twice how scary it is. And I think about it a lot because like, you know, thinking about, I mean, a, like the work that I do. Yes. But also, um, you know, in a past life when I worked primarily with, um, like survivors of crimes, more specifically intimate partner violence, um, Mm -hmm it's a lot of partners who like lack empathy, um, maybe even have some traits that like fall under the narcissistic umbrella. And like, there's a a lack of empathy there. Um, you know, people, I, the, the, the actual thing that keeps me up at night that I think about a lot is people who are in positions of power, I think often lack empathy. And it's yeah. like, how, how did you get here? Um, and and like I think also like people don't consider empathy to be as valuable of a skill because I think it falls under like I don't like this term, but like I think this is what people are colloquially ter- calling like soft skills as opposed to hard mm. skills. And mm-hmm. hard skills you can teach and learn more easily. Soft skills I think are much harder to like emulate and like train somebody, like train someone how to be empathetic, I think it's really hard. Um, yeah. But I think that those skills are actually like so valuable because like that's how you relate to other people. That's how you connect with people. And like that, that takes you such a long way compared to like, you know, organizational skills, which like you can learn and figure out. Um, no shame on people who are highly organized but I think right. that like empathy is a is a really Brian's like, huh? Um, don't worry, Brian. You also have empathy, so you have both. So you're doing right. great. You have nothing to worry about. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> Got it. But uh, but yeah, and empathy is also different from boy. sympathy. Oh God, what is? You know what? Turn, I'm done. We're done. <laughs> I love I'm it. Done. Jamie's over. I'm it. good. <laughs> Well, great. Thank you. All great answers, uh, Jamie. I appreciate you. Okay. You. Now should we rotten to in this? It's the Rotten Tomatoes game. Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, let's rot. Wait, uh, Jamie, where are you from? 
<laughs> rotten to mutton. From rotten to mutton. London, England. <laughs> London, England. England. <laughs> I will, whenever anybody says London, I hear the general and Austin Powers in my ears saying, London, England. I don't know why. <laughs> that's just what happens in my brain. Obsessed. <laughs> All right. Shall we? Yes. All right. What do you think this movie has on Rotten Tomatoes? Uh, whoever wants to go first is allowed. I'm going to say 88. All right. Jamie? I was going to say 84. This has an 81% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, the nice. audience score mm-hmm. is a 78, so pretty, pretty <clears throat> on target there. Uh, the critics' consensus reads... Combining belly-busting humor with delightfully over-the-top gore, Thanksgiving is a feast for Grindhouse fans. Nice. Yeah. I can see that. Definitely. Um, Now, let's do Letterboxd. What do you think Mm. that people rated this on Letterboxd? Again, as a reminder, Letterboxd is out of five, and you can do decimal points. Three points... Seven. Okay, Nikisha. Three point five. It has a three point four. Damn, Yay. I was really hoping my four stars would boost that up. <clears throat> yeah, I know. I gave it four stars on Letterbox too. Uh, you can find our Letterbox uh, links in the description of this episode. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's really great. Um, cool. Should we do um, the four S's? Yes. Skulls, scares, shakes, and suggestions. The talking horns, four S's. <laughs> All right. Yes, yes, yes. The four, <laughs> the four S's are skulls, scares, shakes, and suggestions. Um, skulls, how well it handled mental health and human behavior. Um, scares, how scary was it? Shakes, uh, are you going to shake it off? Is this a one and done type of thing? And then we'll get into suggestions. Uh, we rank everything one through ten. Uh, Jamie, why don't you go first? So for Skulls, I give this a five because I think that people are pretty silly in this movie. Um, but again, like I really love this movie. So this is just like my rating based on like how human realistic people were acting. Um, for Skulls, I gave this a five. There were some jump scares that like really got me, even though I like knew that they were coming, which again, I think goes to what Brian a was five saying for earlier. scares. Yeah. Did I say that? <laughs> I don't know. I think you said Skulls, but it doesn't matter. Oh, five for scares. Um, I think that the, even when I knew that a jump scare was going to happen, it still happened like like a couple milliseconds faster than I was anticipating. Like I've gotten so used to the James Wan slow build of a jump scare Mm -hmm. that like Eli Roth was like, pop, 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 pop. And I was like, oh my God, oh my God. Like, oh my God. Like I was like, slow down. But I was like, no, like it's still getting me. So like there was something about the delivery that kind of just like came a little bit faster, even though I knew like this is a moment where like the thing is going to happen. Um, which mm. I thought was really great and subverted my uh, jump scare expectations. And then for mm. shakes, um, I'm going to give this an eight. Like I said, I 
I love Grindhouse. I'm so happy that things keep coming out of that. Um, and it just, it's, I have so many fond memories. It reminds me of being, uh, a young, a young person who like was discovering their love for horror movies for the first time. And, um, yeah, I just hope, uh, maybe less hobo with a shotgun. We'll see what else comes out of the, uh, <laughs> the trailers that they made. Um, maybe a whole new grindhouse double feature who knows, but, um, but yeah, this is uh, really memorable for me. Cool. Nice. Nikisha? Yeah, I'm going to give Skulls a six because they're operating in their world, um, I think, pretty well. So I'll do that. Um, for Scares, I am also going to give it a six. Oh. Uh, mostly because of the gore and not because I was particularly scared. It was just like... I was not expecting it to be that gory, and that was a great surprise, and I'll add that to the scare factor. Um, and then for Shakes, I'm going to give it a seven. I really enjoyed it, and I will. I would absolutely watch it again, and I probably will watch it again <laughs> soon. Nice. Um, I gave it a five for Skulls for the same reasons that you both did. I gave it a three for Scares. Um and I gave it an eight for shakes. This is like, this is really, really good. Um, mm. This is easily in my like top five of the year so far. Um, nice. Uh, and then uh, suggestions. Uh, let's go same order. Jamie, let's start with you. I mean, I'm suggesting Grindhouse. I think if sure. you have not seen the double feature, it is definitely worth a watch. Um, What's I don't the name of it know. again? Sorry, Jamie. The, yeah, the no. two movies? It's uh, Planet Terror, which is the Robert Rodriguez film, and then um, Death Proof, which is the Quentin Tarantino film. Got it. Um, And I don't know – I don't know if, like, if you look it up to stream, if you have to look them up separately, if you look up Grindhouse as a whole, if you could even watch, like, the whole thing. Um, Mm -hmm. All of the trailers are on YouTube, so even if you can't – like find it all collectively together. You can find all of them online anyway. Great. Nikisha. Wonderful. Um, just because it's Thanksgiving themed and I mentioned it earlier, the movie Pilgrim, um, just because it's on Hulu. Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> if you just want some more Thanksgiving horror in your life, that one's definitely going to be more disappointing, but still horror Thanksgiving themed. Um, cool. Uh, for me, if you want another pretty good slasher that I really enjoyed this year, uh, Scream 6. Yeah. Um, just in terms of like new slashers. If you want an old slasher on a weird holiday, try April Fool's Day from the 80s. Um, <laughs> that's a wild movie. Okay. Uh, so uh, check that out. Um, but yeah, that's all. Grant. Well, I think that wraps up our episode of Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Hopefully Thanksgiving. you're not too turkeyed out mm. uh, and save some leftovers for the next day. You can find us on all social medias, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, X, whatever, at TalkHorrorPod, P-O-D. And Brian, where can they listen to us? Sure. You can listen to us wherever you get your podcast. So, um, we are on Spotify. You can, of course, find us on YouTube. Hi, YouTube. Um, 
And then, uh, of course, you can find us on Apple Podcasts. Uh, rate and review us there. Five stars, please. And thank you. Thank you. Brian, you got to leave us with all the quotes, man. Oh, yeah, sure. So the two quotes I have for this one are, uh, if we let the police handle this, we're going to be fit. No, I read that totally wrong. Let's retake that. Um, if we let the police <laughs> handle this, we're all going to be 50% off. Um, yes. <laughs> and then, of course, this year there will be no leftovers. Love it. So good. You got to do voice work, Brian. You got to find a way. I'm a, I, have po- I have four podcasts. I do voice work. It's <laughs> <laughs> like I already know. You should animate do voice it. work. This I know, Halloween. I know. Yeah. I mean Thanksgiving, whatever <laughs> holiday you're deeply afraid of. <laughs> Love it. Obsessed with it. Grant, thanks Arbor guys. Day, the trees are alive. Yeah, isn't that there the happening? Go. That is the happening. Spoiler alerts for the happening, I guess. <laughs> um <clears throat> Thanks, guys. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.